Well, we did it. We went to Disney World this summer. Our kids were six and four, just in that sweet spot for the Magic Kingdom. We aren't huge Disney consumers in our house, but it is nigh on impossible to raise kids in the United States without getting sucked in by the mouse just a little bit. And so we went. I expected excitement. I expected fun. I even, truth be told, expected that I might even enjoy myself just a little bit. But here's what I didn't expect. My kids, pure, unpolluted, undiluted belief in the magic and mystery of that strange other world. From the moment she saw the famous castle for the first time, our four-year-old, she of the unsuppressible imagination and unstoppable mouth, prattled on like a self-assured tour guide telling us which princesses lived in which rooms, when their nap times were, and how soon exactly she would like to meet each and every one of them. The whole trip was marked by experiences like that. The magic carpets that could really fly, meeting the real Alice from Wonderland. I had, like so many of us boring old adults do, forgotten what it's like not to have to suspend my disbelief. There is, for my small children, no disbelief to suspend. There is only possibility. Now, Jeffrey, you can relax. I'm not going to compare belief in the incarnation to Disney princesses. <laughs> Although there may be some pint-sized members of our congregation tonight that would prefer such a comparison, I'm not going to do it. But our, general, our adventure this summer did get me thinking about belief in general. There comes a time in the life of most growing human people when we are supposed to start questioning things. Considering the mixed stage of our congregation tonight, I won't name exactly which things we're supposed to start questioning, but suffice to say, it's considered development, uh, developmentally appropriate to do so. It is, as they say, all part of growing up. Many of you have heard me talk before about Marcus Borg's wonderful differentiation between capital T truth and lower T truth. It is, for me, where the rubber meets the road in theological belief. Those lower T truths are those things that are historically, scientifically, mathematically proven. Two plus two equals four. The life cycle of a butterfly has all these particular parts. Two hydrogens and one oxygen make water. Lower T truths are things that are hard to argue about because we can see them, some of them if we have the right equipment. Now, while lower T truths may not always be easy to understand, they usually aren't all that hard to accept. Capital T truths are different. Capital T truths speak to something very real, 
something very important that can't be quantified or proven. Like, time heals all wounds. Love makes the world go round. Peace in all things. They tell us less about the physical world and more about the human heart, its hopes, its desires. These days, since the scientific revolution of the 18th century, capital T truths are the basis for a lot of arguments. There's nothing to see, touch, feel, or research. There's nothing to prove. Skeptics who feel who need that kind of physical proof dismiss capital T truths as unfounded, unbelievable, useless. We live in a prove-it-or-lose-it world, and God cannot be proven. Now, at this point, I'd like to stress that this is a different discussion about belief from the one where we know everything there is to know about Tinkerbell. There may indeed be some capital T truth in some of the magic of Disney, but that's not exactly where I'm headed here. Our Gospels are chock-full of big T truths and little T truths. We know historically, for example, that Jesus of Nazareth was born. He walked around and taught, and he was crucified. Little T truths. And many of us know faithfully that his mother was visited by an angel, that he healed sick people, that he was raised from the dead. These are big T truths, along with the truths that begin, a man was going down from Jericho to Jerusalem and he was attacked by robbers. And there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share. And a farmer went out to sow his seeds. Big T truths. Through these, we learn about the world around us. We learn about human interaction, about how we should be treating one another. We learn about God's care for us, and we learn how to uphold our ends of the covenants made on our behalf. Love your neighbor is truth, as is love the Lord your God, as is God gave his only begotten Son. These are capital T truths in which we are asked to put our trust. We in the Episcopal Church love questions. As a general rule, we don't mind a challenge. In fact, we welcome one. There is much about the life of faith that we know as fluid. The water level in the well of belief is not frozen, but it changes as the well fills and is emptied by the experiences we share as humans on this complicated and confusing planet. And because we encourage faith that engages the head and the heart, the questions ebb and flow in that water table. I have said before that God is bigger than our questions. I also believe that if we are wise enough to keep our eyes open, God will show us capital T truthful answers to our questions for every heart-sickening event that we humans have to witness, God is throwing loving truth in our direction. For every tower that falls, 
there are firefighters that rush in. For every gunman that shoots, there are people that shield and communities that surround. Hearts open, hands hold, minds unfold. God is before us and behind us and beside us. That, that is truth. Prisoner 46664 spent 27 Christmases as a political prisoner in apartheid-riddled South Africa. Upon his release in 1990, Nelson Mandela, above anyone else, had every single logical reason to be brimming with hatred and venom, ready to be unleashed on those who had imprisoned him. But instead, he changed the world. The fire he breathed was the refining fire of reconciliation. He spent the next 20 years changing the lives of individuals and of nations. Nelson Mandela was a truth bearer. He showed how God's truth can bring about change, how fragile, vulnerable human hearts can withstand great hardship and then produce even greater love. That is capital T, truth. And now back to Disney. It seems that as a general society, we have come to treat these two kinds of truth rather like we treat princesses and talking cars. These unprovable, capital T, truths are the kinds of things that we rightfully should grow out of. Somewhere along the line, the lower T truth of Mary's virginity, both before and after the birth, have become a topic for debate. There are websites and videos dedicated to the astronomical patterns that actually prove the travel of that particular star on that particular night. There is this cultural need to prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that these events were historically and scientifically accurate. People are seeking truth, but truth with a lowercase t. And if they can't find it, then the truth with a capital T can't possibly be worth believing. It is Tinkerbell theology hiding behind grown-up reasoning. And I think that is a short-sighted and adolescent faith. I think we need to grow back into belief. And growth in belief happens like all growth, through practice, through study, through participation, through showing up, through questioning, through learning, through living this kind of truth. This evening's story about a young mother and a miraculous birth, it's about a star and angels and startled shepherds. But to dismiss it as magical nonsense, as so many are wont to do, denies the very real truth that the story reveals, regardless of the historical veracity of the details. The truth here is that God 
breaks in. God flips the ordinary on its head. God makes heroes out of bystanders. God infuses human hearts with courage and human minds with understanding beyond what we think we are capable of. The truth here is that there is no body too vulnerable that he can't save the world. No person too lowly that she can't witness a miracle. No creature too dumb that it can't play a part. No hay too scratchy that it can't line the bed of God. Those are my found truths this Christmas season. People far wiser than I have seen truth in this story for thousands of years. I invite you to join them. I invite you, I invite you as you bring your questions to this table over your own months and years and even decades to come, to look around and open your eyes at the capital T truths in your life, in this community, in this world. Things held near and dear, things unprovable. I invite you to relax into the gospel, to set aside lingering doubts, to live into the truth. May the God who is far greater than anything we can ever ask or imagine open our hearts and minds to the power of miracle and belief in this Christmas season. Amen.